Ashley Rockley and Dolores Watson's book, Mason Chapter 19. Stay behind me, Mason warned Abby. She would for now, but they both knew that wouldn't have last long. Soon Briar would want her since she was first on the list. Put down your guns, Briar reminded him. Abby dropped hers, lifted her hands into the air. Mason dropped his too, but Abby saw the pistol he had tucked in the back waist of his jeans. He didn't remove that one, but he didn't lift his hand. But he didn't lift his hands and started over the fence. Behind me, Mason emphasized to her. Abby did that as well. She climbed over the fence along with the others, and they started trudging toward the cemetery. Those 30 seconds are almost up, Grier taunted. That got them hurrying, even though Abby hated that Grier was playing with them like puppets. Still, they couldn't risk an explosion. They all come to a stop in the clearing just a few feet away from the first grade. Boone was already there, waiting for them to join him. It took a moment for her to spot Grier because he was partially hidden behind a tree. And armed, of course. <sighs> you sent a text to your wife, Grier accused, looking directly at Grayson. Don't bother to deny it, he continued when Grayson didn't answer. It's alright if you told her. About the device, I'm getting paid to finish things with all of you, not them. Despite the circumstances, Abby believed him, and she was glad that Grayson had managed to warn Eve. Maybe not the Ryland wives and children would be safe. Maybe now the Ryland wives and children would be safe. That was something, at least. Grier pointed to one of the trees on Abby's left, and when she followed his pointing finger, she spotted the fire rifleman perched on one of the branches. That explained the two sets of shots. Well, maybe. Where's Ferguson? Abby just came right out and asked. Or does he plan to stay hiding when he shoots me? He's not going to shoot you, Boone growled. Like Mason, he also stepped in front of her. However... The shift in position didn't block her from seeing Grier's reaction. He certainly wasn't jumping to answer, and he seemed annoyed. She hoped that meant Grier and Ferguson weren't seeing eye to eye on how this should all play out. Dissension could work in her favor. Grier pointed to two other trips. Cameras, he explained. Senator and Harrington left the money for this job in the hands of an attorney in the Cayman Islands, and the lawyer requires proof. Mason glared at the cameras, at the gunman in the tree, and at Ryder. I hope your boss is paying you enough to have this much blood on your hands. Who says I have a boss? Other than the late senator, that is, Ryder fired back. Mason said, you're not smart enough to set this up on your own. Abby gave Mason a warning groan, which he ignored. Maybe he figured he could go Ryder into doing something that would violate the rules of this nightmare. Besides, Ford left only three letters, Mason, and he didn't get one of them. He put his hands on his hips, close to his gun. But it does make me wonder, will your boss keep you alive? Because I gotta say, you're a major loose that could tie you to multiple murders and a buttload of other felonies. Yeah, Gage Jordan, because your boss isn't showing his face, then I'm thinking he wants you to do all the dirty work, and he takes out you. And your wingman in the trees sends the videos to the lawyer, and he doesn't have to pay you a penny. Even in the darkness, Abby saw the anger flash over Briar's face. That's not going to happen. He turned that anger on Mason, and time's up, stepped to the side so that Cryer could kill her. Mason would try and stop that from happening, so would Boone. 
Abby too, but she doubted all of them would make it out of this alive, and she darn sure didn't want someone else dying in her place. Abby glanced at Mason, making eye contact, even though she could see him itching his hand toward his gun. He didn't have to tell her what he wanted her to do. He wanted her to get down when he had a shootout with Dreyer and the Rifleman. In other words, suicide. Abby snapped toward Dreyer. She figured she had seconds or less to try to stop that from happening. I don't want to die in front of the Rylands, she told Grier. Not a lie, but the next part was, I have no connection with any of them other than Boone, and they haven't exactly given me a warm and fuzzy welcome to Silver Creek. Mason shot her a glare, which she ignored. Ford's instructions were that I was to die in front of Boone, she continued. Just Boone. That wasn't an amused look Grier gave her. More like a suspicious one. He paused for several seconds. Then he shook his head. No deal. All of you stay together and you die together. One at a time. Abby had expected that response, but she wasn't giving up. Grier aimed his gun directly at her. She got ready to dive to the side. Away from Mason and Boone. And she hoped they did the same. Everything happened fast, but in slow motion too. She saw Grier's hand tense, ready to pull the trigger. But before he could do that, Mason rammed his body into hers, sending her crashing to the ground. Shot cracked through the air, but Abby couldn't tell who had shot or where the bullet had landed. That's because Mason dropped right on top of her, and the in the fall and the impact knocked the breath out of her. There was another shot, then another, but Abby couldn't move because she was gasping for air. Mason, however, moved her. He dragged her behind one of the trees, and he came up to return fire. Abby heard the sounding, not just a bullet, but the deadly thud of a bullet slamming into something, and as someone. She mentally corrected. There was a groan of pain, and then nothing. With her heart racing out of control, she looked at Mason. He had ducked behind the tree, but was also still firing. He wasn't hurt, thank God. Well, not yet, anyway. She frantically looked around for Boone. No sign of him, and she hated to have to consider that he might have been the one who was shot. If not him, then one of his sons. I have to take out the rifleman, Mason. Don't move, he ordered her again. Abby couldn't anyway. She was still fighting for breath. Plus, going out there now, we can only get Mason and her killed. Mason scrambled to the next tree over, then over another, and Abby got her first glimpse of the war zone playing out in front of her. Grayson was behind one of the trees, and he too had taken aim at the rifleman. She was thankful that Grayson had a gun as well, but that wasn't stopping the rifleman. He was firing nonstop, and he definitely had a better vantage point. She shifted a little, still keeping cover behind the tree, but also searching for Boone. No sign of him or Mason's other brothers. Definitely no sign of the person who'd been shot. It was too much to hope that it'd been Grier or Ferguson. Abby thought of the Ryland wives back at the house and prayed that none of them would try to come into this. Of course, that was a strong possibility. She imagined herself in their place with the men they loved in danger, and Abby knew there was no way she could stay put. With her breath level again, she searched around the tree for something. Anything she could use as a weapon. She latched onto a small limb and was dragging it closer when she saw the movement from the corner of her eye. There was no time for her to react, no time to get out of the way. Something bashed right into her head. The pain was instant, searing, and before Abby could even call out to Mason, the darkness came. Mason cursed. The rifleman was out of range of Mason's colt, probably the reason the would be killer had chosen the particular spot in the first place. Not good as long as he stayed in that tree, none of them were safe. He glanced around, trying to work out everyone's position, but the only one he could see was Grayson. When the shots had started, everyone had scattered, and Mason only hoped that one of them was in a better position than he was to eliminate the rifle. 
Abby, he heard someone shout, Boone. Mason swung his gaze in her direction, and his heart went to his knees. Saw her right, but she was being dragged into the bushes. Oh, mercy. Had she been shot or worse? But Mason refused to believe that. Abby, he shouted. Mason ignored the rifleman and ran toward the spot where she disappeared into the thick underbrush. She didn't answer, and that ribbed up his heartbeat even more. He wanted to call out her name again, but that wasn't a wise choice. Her captor could use the sound of Mason's voice to aim and take Mason out. That couldn't happen. Mason got shot. Shot. He couldn't save it. He couldn't save, and it was clear that Abby needed saving. Staying low, Mason shoved some of the underbrush aside. No Abby. It was too dark to follow the drag marks, and the gunfight was drowning out sounds that he needed to hear. What the devil was going on? Had Grier managed to take her? If so, it wasn't hard to figure out why. According to Ford's rules, Abby had to die in front of Boone. Grier would just give up on that kind of money he was earning for this. No, he and maybe even his boss were still trying to set up the kill, and Mason had to stop it. Tore his way through the underbrush and came to some trees that rimmed the west part of the cemetery where his mother's grave was located. Where Grier would try to kill Abby, but there were no signs of either of them here. However, Mason did hear something. He tried to pick through the dim den of gunfire to pinpoint the low sound he heard. A moan, but not just an ordinary moan. This one, this was one of pain. Tried not to panic. Hard to do when it came. It could be Abby who made that sound. Abby, in pain, Mason scrabbled to the side and nearly tripped over something. Except it wasn't something. It was someone. The moonlight helped him. Mason looked down at the twisted face of Fergan. Vernon Ferguson. The front of the man's shirt looked shiny black. But Mason knew it was blood. He'd been shot. Ferguson clenched Mason's arm. I didn't do this. He got out. Mason made a yeah right sound and picked up the gun by Ferguson's side. But something wasn't right. After all, Ferguson had been shot. He was dying, and someone had done this to him. If you didn't put this plan together, then why are you here, Mason? Briar called and said if I wanted to watch Abby die, I should come. Hard to believe that's the only reason. Did Grier decide to kill you, his boss, and collect the money for himself? Mason asked. He didn't look at Ferguson. He kept watching around him in case this was some kind of ambush. I'm not his boss. Ferguson's mouth stretched into a cubicle. I wanted to keep Abby alive. It's more fun when she's alive. Mason shook his head. Some sick twist away, that made sense. Ferguson couldn't torment a dead woman. Did that mean Grier was working alone? Maybe. It didn't matter. Grier and the rifleman were just as dangerous. He had to get to Abby. Where is she? Mason demanded. He threw off Ferguson's grip. Ferguson shook his head, and Mason knew he couldn't waste any more time. With his gun in one hand and Ferguson's in the other, Mason ran toward the clearing, towards his mother's grave, and that's when he saw Abby. She was alive, thank God, but there was blood trickling down the side of her face. The pale moonlight, she looked like a ghost. Mason started to run to her, but he came to a dead stop because Abby wasn't alone. Someone was standing behind her, and that someone had a gun pointed directly at her head. Everything was swimming in and out of focus, but Abby blinked, trying to fight her way out of the arm that was vicious around her neck. Hard to do with the blow to the head, it had not only made her temporarily lose consciousness, she was now losing weak. Who was behind her? Who had the gun to her head? Grier, probably. And she was betting he didn't intend to keep her alive much longer. Let her go, she heard Mason say. His voice was low, a dangerous growl, despite the gunfire on the other side of the cemetery. She had no trouble hearing him. 
or seeing him. Every muscle in his face and body was rock hard, primed for a fight. But it didn't take a clear head for her to know that he didn't have a shot, not with her captor using her as a human shield. Stay put, Mason, her captor called out. Boom, get out here now. For a moment, Abby thought her entry had caused her mind to play tricks on her ears. She expected Grier's voice, but it wasn't. It was Rodney Stone's. You don't have to do this, Mason said. There are other ways to get money. Not fool's money, Stonefather. He was my friend, and he would expect me to do this for him. Abby groaned. So it wasn't just about the money. It might have been easier to talk him out of it if it had. Boone, Stone shouted again. The camera's waiting for you. Abby glanced up and saw the camera mounted in the tree. It was pointing directly at her. Get out here now, or I shoot Mason, Stone warned. You're planning to shoot me anyway, Mason countered, and he edged forward, his gun aimed and ready in case he got a clear shot. Sure, Stonefire, but I can make it quick and painless, or I can make you suffer. Make Abby suffer, too. Threat, the threat went through her and Mason. She could see the fear on his face, the raw frustration as well. Couldn't stop this, and it was killing him. Abby wasn't ready to say goodbye to Mason just yet, but she had to accept that it was exactly what she might have to do, and it broke her heart. It had taken her more than three decades to fall in love, and here she'd had only minutes to savor it. Boone! Stone yelled again. Moved the gun to Abby's mouth. How long will it take her to bleed out? Get out here now, or you'll learn the answer to that the hard way. Mason took a step closer. You at the fire at the ranch, he asked. The question threw her. Judging from the way Stone's arm tense, it threw him to Why the hell would that matter now? Because I want to know why I'm about to die. Mason kept his eyes trained on Stone. I figured the fire was to draw out Boone. It was the fastest way to get him to Silver Creek. If you want to go stall, deputy, Stone more, Because I'm fresh out of them, and Boone's fresh out of time. Stone was ready to pull the trigger. Abby had no doubt about that. While the shot probably wouldn't kill her, she braced herself for the pain that she would feel. The pain she would see on Mason's face. There was movement to her right. It happened so fast that Abby only got a glimpse of Boone before he died right at him. He crashed into them, sending all three of them to the ground. Stone fired. The sound of the bu bullet so close that it was deafening. Abby rolled to her side, trying to move away from Stone's gun. She also tried to move Mason and Boone out of the way. She failed. Mason was there, right in the table of bodies. Fists were flying. Blood splattering across her face, but she had no idea whose it was. Every reached out and held Stone's hand so he couldn't fire again, but it was too late. He fired. The blast went through her, and it took her a moment to realize she hadn't been hit. Boone had. Stone shot. Went straight into Boone's chest. Abby heard herself scream, and she tried to get to him. She failed that, too. Stone looked at the gun again, ready to kill Mason, but the other shot came first. The moment seemed to freeze. She glanced at Mason, and then at the gun in Boone's hand. The one he just used to shoot Stone. Stone fell back, his eyes wide open and lifeless. Because the world was starting to spin around, Abby would have fallen too, but Mason was right there to catch her in his arms. End of chapter 19.